it's time for you to cast your vote. Oh, no, we're not talking about for president here this week or even a Democratic primary in South Carolina Saturday. We're talking about we need you to cast your vote for the South. And if you cast your vote for Dixie, then you have found the show that's all about Dixie. This is the Y'all Show, and I'm John Rawl, and I've been elected to be your host for the next two hours And this is where we're going to talk about what's going on in the world. The coronavirus in the news. President Trump had a big national address on Wednesday. We'll talk about what some of the stuff that came out of that press conference there in the press room of the White House. A rare occurrence for President Trump to go in there and talk to the media. But he did that because of the seriousness of this coronavirus as it's spreading around the world. We'll have all that information coming to you momentarily also speaking of south carolina with the democratic primary this weekend on wednesday jim clyburn the veteran lawmaker that the most distinguished south carolina democrat and the house what is he the whip of the u.s house of representatives jim clyburn of south carolina he cast his vote not quite literally but figuratively he decided who he's going to be backing in this primary this weekend no surprise. We'll tell you who he picked here in just a second. That's all part of our headlines from across the Southeast. Plus, in these headlines, we got a couple of sports-related stories that we're going to share with you. Some disturbing story coming on the sports front. Some great news from the NASCAR front. And then a crazy, crazy uh, publicity stunt. Maybe that's what's happening with the Lexington Legends of the Sally League, your Sally League champions. That's the single-A league that's got teams all over the Southeast and the team based out of Lexington, Kentucky, the Lexington Legends, are changing their names, albeit for only a couple of games. And you're not going to believe their their moniker for those games. We'll have all that in our headlines coming up in just a little bit. Later this hour, we're going to shift over from the headlines of the region and put books front and center. Thanks to Kirkus Reviews, we're going to share with you the eight books that kept us up at night. What in the world would be keeping you up at night well, Kirkus Reviews, which does a great job of covering the whole book world, they've got this list. One book that might be on that list, we're going to break down big time toward the end of this hour, as we're going to go straight to the author of the new book, Trump's Turn, Winning the New Civil War. Ed Brodo is going to be our very special guest. Here's a guy who was an actor at one time. He's been a guy who's gone out and been a speaker all over the world, and, and he's he's an expert on negotiation And some of that expertise coming through in his new book called Trump's Turn, Winning the New Civil War, author Ed Brodo, coming up later this hour in our Buy the Book Spotlight. In hour two of today's Y'all Show, we'll get it going with Festive South. And thanks to y'all.com, we're going to tell you about some strawberry festivals that are going on across the entire southeast throughout the rest of the year. Places like Humboldt, Tennessee, and other locations in the south that have these big strawberry festivals. We've got that. Plus... Thanks to y'all.com, we've got the article pulled up. The best time to book travel for 2020. And we'll tell you when that best time is. It might be right now. In fact, with this whole coronavirus thing, and we hope this ends up being a really, really minor, minor deal in this country and really throughout the whole world. But because of it, and right now the fear, it actually could be a very good time to book travel. I don't think this article was written because of the coronavirus, but something tells me A lot of people are already backing out of their planned vacations and maybe is a good time right now for y'all to scoop in there and get your 
travel plans. In fact, President Trump addressed this at the White House on Wednesday when people were asking him about travel. And he said, don't go outside the country if you don't have to. Stay in this country and and go on vacations here. You don't need to go to China on a vacation, at least for the short time here. Let's stay in America and spend our money and have a great time here in this country. And that's a good, good suggestion coming from the chief executive of our country. All that's part of our Festive South feature to get the second hour going. And then on Thursdays, we have our SEC Spotlight. We've got news on the SEC basketball front and the SEC women's basketball front. In fact, this week is the final regular season week of SEC women's basketball. They head to their tournament in Greenville, South Carolina next week. We'll have all that, what's going on there. Great news for Greenville, South Carolina. Your home team there, the South Carolina Gamecocks, I know they're based down in Columbia from Bond Secures Wellness Center there in downtown Gville. The Gamecocks come into this tournament number one in this country, and they're likely to close out the SEC slate perfect. No, I think they've won all their SEC games. They've lost one game, I think. I'll have to look into that, and we will when we get to the SEC spotlight in hour two. Then we'll also have the latest in SEC football news and what's going on with SEC baseball, including the opponents for all the SEC teams heading into this third weekend of college baseball. All that right here on the Y'all Show. To connect to the Y'all Show, it's so easy. All you got to do, that's that old song, it's so easy, it's so easy, it's so easy. Yeah, 803-816-1170 is how you can do that. Also go to our email address, y'allshow at y'all.com. And then we have a couple of podcast options for you to go and download on your phone if you haven't done this already. iHeartRadio, TuneIn, as well as Apple Podcast. Our Y'all Show right there awaiting your free download. And the great news about those apps, you have it automatically download to those things each and every day that we put up a show. And it's right there waiting on you. All you got to do is log on and you'll see that you have kind of like a new email, a a new y'all episode. And we love our radio stations. Radio stations rock, no doubt about it. Thank you all to our radio affiliates of the Y'all Show. But even if you love our radio stations, unless you're recording what's being broadcast over the air, you might miss a portion of the show. You might get a bathroom call that you got to go answer you might get a telephone call that you might go answer heck you might get both at the same time and these podcast options allow you to go listen to the show at your leisure and it's a great way also you can find our show via the download at y'all.com where we also put up the visual elements of the y'all show the y'all tv interviews are up there we've had in just the last three weeks about 20 y'all tv appearances uh, y'all tv installations of this great new feature that we've got there at y'all.com check it out it's great now let's go into the headlines of the south as we scan the southland and as we said on wednesday president trump there in the press room at the white house he addressed the nation vice president mike pence also with him and his entire team that's fighting this coronavirus in the background there at the white house as this was a press conference the president answered questions about the coronavirus and then he also defended the white house's response some people thought that they'd been a little lackadaisical in their response president trump was very much on the proactive approach telling people that they did things a couple weeks ago that he got harassed for as he said even some people called him racist for stopping some of the international travel to places like uh, to china and that he said was a looking back a good decision 
Now, President Trump did not close the door to Senate Democrats as they've called for over $8 billion in emergency funding for anti-coronavirus efforts. Now, the president, earlier this week, his administration put forward a plan to get $2.5 billion passed through the legislative branch and use that to fight this coronavirus spread. The president there at the White House announced that Mike Pence is going to serve as sort of the, they didn't give him the title czar of this thing, but putting him in charge of the coronavirus scare that's going on right now. The reason for that is because when he was the governor of Indiana, I think it was the SARS outbreak from about six years ago, Mike Pence, as governor of Indiana, did a great job fighting that as they actually had a SARS case. The first one in the country, I think, was in the Hoosier state, and he did a good job of handling that issue and President Trump giving him this role as sort of the person, the point person. President Trump's certainly going to be very much involved with this, as is other people as part of his administration. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, they were part of this press conference, and you had other big figures there as part of the event on Wednesday. And everybody now going to check in with Mike Pence. And, and the reason for that is instead of going to, let's say, a member of the president's cabinet, Azar, I think the health and human services role is what he has there at the White House. He said there, Azar, that it was a good thing that Mike Pence was involved because he's about as high up in the government as you could possibly get. And so they know with Mike Pence, they're going to get things done. And that's what this is all about. Trying to be proactive, not trying to underestimate the power of this thing. Now, President Trump, I, I don't claim to be a person that can read his mind, but boy, the media is trying to bait him into to messing this thing up they want him to say nothing to worry about here and then this thing be a big problem and then the president looks like a fool as you look back now what the president's trying to do is point out yes this thing could be a pandemic and we don't want that anywhere in the world and we certainly don't want that here in this country we don't want to see thousands of people die because of this coronavirus however we don't need to think of this thing quite yet as being that severe we want this thing to go away as fast as possible and so the president's trying to tamper down some of the uh, scare tactics used by some that this might not be that bad here in this country as he pointed out on wednesday i think it's 16 confirmed cases of coronavirus here in this country most all of those according to him have been either treated and they're either just about to be released or they are well under control only one person he said was in pretty rough shape with the coronavirus and most of those people came from two sources they came from that ship that was quarantined in japan for a while and those were all american citizens that have come back to this country to get past this coronavirus outbreak or they came over from flights directly from the wuhan province of china which is where this thing originated and the president just trying to point out let's not quite take this to the highest level of fear we need to be aware it could go that high, but this also could be not that big of a deal in this country, at least. And that's what we hope for. And not only in this country, we want this thing to go away all over the world. And a lot of people on Wednesday at that press conference trying to press the president on China as the minister there, the prime minister or whatever his role is there in China, she, the president, is he the president of China? I think that actually might be his title there. He's not the king. And he's not a democratically elected gal, though they try to say that through their Politburo or whatever they call it there in China these days. But President Trump mentioned that he and she had been in touch a lot and that 
they've been doing better according to president trump there in china trying to bring that down but china they've got embarrassment on their hands they hid this thing for a while and they've had a bunch of people die there in their own country they've suffered the brunt of this thing as it originated in that country and president trump's trying to do his best to get past this let's all i mean one thing president trump didn't mention and it's something we can all do we need to pray we need to pray this thing goes away now as president trump he should know better than this he pointed out i didn't know that roughly sixty thousand people a year die in this country from the flu well yeah he may not know the exact number but yes the flu is a deadly thing the common flu that people get all the time unfortunately for the elderly and even young children it's often deadly and the coronavirus is a type of flu that we hope will be controlled as much as possible and wouldn't it be wonderful if nothing else your prayers could be this thing will die out once we have warm temperatures and this thing will die like most flus do in the summer months and will not come back whenever we have cold weather again and this won't be a problem going forward that's what we hope that's what we pray and maybe that's the best thing we can all do yes wash your hands president trump talked about that wednesday at the white house wash those hands but the man upstairs could be one of our best assets here as we try to get past this thing now speaking of being sick or trying to be trying not to get sick and also talking a little politics here democratic presidential candidate pete Buttigieg has had to cancel events in south florida because of illness a spokesperson for the south bend the former mayor of south bend indiana says that Buttigieg is sick with a common cold he still planned to attend events there in charleston south carolina alongside al sharpton of all people that ought to make you sick right there if you had to go along the reverend the rev i think is his actual nickname a former democratic presidential candidate what was it 2008 that he tried to become president al sharpton Yes, but he's had to cancel a bunch of fundraisers as he's been trying to get about $13 million raised on his behalf before the 14-state Super Tuesday happens on Tuesday of next week. But we wish Pete Buttigieg all the best as he's got what he hopes is just a cold. Wouldn't it be rather embarrassing if Pete Buttigieg got uh, something a little bit more severe, serious like the coronavirus? But he's a young guy. He's still not even 40 years old. And that's the one good news about the coronavirus. If you're fairly healthy or not elderly or really young, you you should be able to get past it, sort of like you do with the the common flu. And we just hope it's just the sniffles there for the former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, who on Tuesday night there in Charleston, South Carolina, at the Gilliard Auditorium, participated in the Democratic debate in South Carolina, the last debate before we have Super Tuesday. And according to the Nielsen Company, about 15.3 million people tuned in to CBS to watch this debate. Now, what is rather amazing about this thing is the hosts of this debate are catching a lot of grief as the moderators for that. The CBS anchors Gail King and Nora O'Donnell really let this thing get out of control. I, I heard that a lot on different channels after the thing aired on Tuesday night, and they let these people up on stage the what they have seven people in total as styre also was a part of this thing in south carolina and they couldn't control the people when i heard one of the moderators it might have been shannon bream on fox say 
you have to know as she's been a person who's actually put on a debate before for fox you have to take control as a moderator you gotta tell these people you gotta shut them up when their time's up and this thing got out of control it was really embarrassing some people called it a uh, a monster derby with the way this thing went down and it was not a good picture as cbs now catching a lot of grief over the debate performance of their not necessarily the democratic candidates but their own people there and and then they brought in other people like major garrett who i absolutely enjoy hearing major garrett he has a wonderful sort of visual podcast that's up at cbs in each week and it's called what is it called it's the cbs especial i think something like that and he sits down with different people from all walks usually from politics and they usually go to some kind of restaurant in the Washington, D.C. area. It's it's really great television. And I encourage you to go to CBS in the digital component of CBS News, and watch that on Fridays is when that debuts each week. He, he has a ball doing it. But, yes, Major was only a small part of this thing. Maybe if he had been a little bit more of a major role alongside Bill – what's Bill's name? Is it Bill King? He's on CBS 60 Minutes. And the other people they had there – what's her name? Um uh, uh, Margaret Brennan, yes, she does the CBS Sunday Morning, a UVA alum, by the way. Uh, maybe if those people had been getting a better chance, then it would have been a better CBS performance. Now, one more little footnote on the CBS or South Carolina primary. On Wednesday, Joe Biden got a big endorsement as South Carolina congressman and the majority whip in the U.S. House of Representatives, Jim Clyburn, endorsed the former vice president for the Democratic nomination for president. And that should, it really should help him get past the finish line and win this Democratic primary in the Palmetto State on Saturday. Clyburn said, I'm voting for Joe Biden. South Carolinians should be voting for Joe Biden. I know who he is. I know what he is. I know where this country is. We are at an inflection point. And he went on to say, he talked about his wife, his late wife who died last year. And I don't have that quote in front of me, but essentially he said, my wife knew who Joe Biden was, and therefore that's a good thing. His wife passed away last year, as I said, and they were the Bidens and the Clyburns were were close there in their time in Washington, D.C. By the way, Joe Biden's always been he's said this for a long time. He said, when I come back in his next life, that is that he said he wanted to be born in Charleston. That's not a bad thing to say when you're trying to win that state's primary here this week now moving away from the state of south carolina one more small political thing to tell you about mike bloomberg's not going to be on the ballot this weekend in south carolina he spent millions and millions and millions across the country trying to win some of these super tuesday states looking at just alabama alone mike bloomberg the former mayor of uh, former mayor of new york city has spent, according to one of these sources, I don't have a name here on the site, Bloomberg has spent more than $191 million advertising in just the Super Tuesday states. And that compares with $36 million for the next highest spender, Tom Steyer. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, $12 million spent on the Super Tuesday states. Let that sink in, okay? $12 million for Bernie... And then the other guy that's likely to be a factor on Super Tuesday, Bloomberg, $191 million. Now, in Alabama alone, Bloomberg has spent more than $8 million on TV and radio ads. 
Bernie Sanders in the Yellowhammer state spent only $142,000. A very, very big difference. And some of these other people like Buttigieg, even Joe Biden really hasn't spent any money in some of these Super Tuesday states. And it's going to likely show up when we have those counts on Tuesday of next week, what happens there. Now, this isn't necessarily about the 2020 system. This is going forward in the future. But a court has okayed the Texas winner-take-all presidential elector system. A federal appeals court says the winner-take-all system the Lone Star State uses to assign the electoral college presidential votes is constitutional. Well, duh. By the way, this winner-take-all system that Texas and 47 other states use to assign the electoral college presidential votes The appeals court said, yes, it's constitutional. This three-judge panel in New Orleans said that this Fifth Circuit court unanimously upheld a lower court's dismissal of a lawsuit challenging the Texas system, and it was the latest defeat for the organizations challenging such systems in Texas and three other states. Cases are pending at the appellate level in at least two of those other cases. Rough deal there if you're against the Electoral College, which... Being that we're a Southern-focused show, let's let's be honest, y'all. Take New York and California out of the picture, and let's say this Electoral College wasn't in play anymore. Elections would come down to pretty much New York and California. They would have a, a massive say. They already have some say, but they would have maybe the overriding say if we had a presidential election without the Electoral College. Our founders knew what they were doing when the Electoral College was created. Now to the Mountain State, and a woman in West Virginia has been charged with scamming millions of dollars from senior citizens after gaining their trust through social media websites, that according to a federal prosecutor. 68-year-old Patricia Dudding of Huntington was indicted in federal court this week on 12 counts, including conspiracy to commit money laundering, bank fraud, and unlawful money transactions. If this were true, if this indeed is not fake news here that we're telling you about from West Virginia. What a scumbag. We have way too many people out there that take advantage of our wonderful, wonderful elderly citizenry, and that's not a good news. Skipping forward here on the Y'all Show to some of those sports stories I wanted to tell you about. Former Te- Texas Christian University Horn Frog standout, NFL standout Trevon Boykin has been sentenced to prison in December 2019, Boykin arrested on two misdemeanor theft charges, one where he was accused of duping at least two people into paying him for collegiate memorabilia he'd posted for sale on Instagram and then didn't deliver the merchandise. And now this former quarterback for TCU who went on to play in the NFL now going to jail. The assault and tampering charges are related to a family violence case from the year before that cost him a job with the Seattle Seahawks. That is not good news there. Again, this is because he was doing this with his merchandise there in the Arlington, Texas area. And this former Horn Frog and NFL player sentenced to prison. I don't have the length of the sentence here, but he is going there. Oh, sentenced to three years behind bars after pleading guilty to four charges Wednesday. Now to NASCAR. Great news for Ryan Newman. He's, of course, out of the hospital. He got out last week after that horrible wreck there at the Daytona 500. And what did Ryan Newman do? When he had a chance to get out and see the great outdoors after this scary deal that he had head injuries, that was the biggest problem he had at the February 17th race there at Daytona 500. He went fishing. Yeah, put a picture out this week on social media with a nice, beautiful bass, that looks like. 
and he's enjoying the outdoors now i think in north carolina is where this picture was taken there and according to the photo the only sign of any kind of injury to him is a black fingernail and that happens when the nail gets crushed in an injury so yeah other than that ryan newman you're looking good and you're enjoying that fish there of course he did not race this past weekend when nascar made its long trek out to the las vegas speedway finally a little baseball news the single a lexington legends are in the south atlantic league they are a part of the kansas city royals organization as they have great minor league baseball they're the defending sally league champions by the way and the lexington legends announced this week our buddy mike allison that works for them comes on the show from time to time that for a couple of games this year the legends are going to be rebranded as the kentucky beer cheese and that's a salute to this delicacy there in uh, bluegrass of kentucky yes for three different games the legends will be the kentucky beer cheese as it's a culinary staple in the bluegrass states this name change takes place on jerseys and hats the weekend of august 13th through the 15th congratulations beer cheese fans and you can go get your merchandise there at the uh, legends website or should i say the beer cheese website that's going to be fun when they take on let's see they play the columbia fireflies greenville drive charleston river dogs they don't get to play another crazy baseball team now that's coming up here this year the rocket city trash pandas that's a double a team they won't get to play off play have a game against them sadly that's that's just sad coming back after the break we're going to take a quick look at books thanks to kirkus reviews eight books that kept us up at night that's coming up next deep's coming you know what to do Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applied. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252.
Nobody cares about me Ain't even got a friend Baby's gone and left me When will my troubles end? Black night is falling Books are on our mind. This is the Y'all Show. Hey, speaking of books, in the next segment, and that's coming to your way, it's coming up real quick, by the way, Ed Brodo's coming on. He's a author of a new book called Trump's Turn, Winning the New Civil War. And this is a great book. This actor-turned-writer, Ed Brodo. That's our interview that will be headed your way in just a few moments. Right now, before Ed comes on, let me tell you a little bit about an article that's up and this is thanks to KirkusReviews.com, as they've got the list of eight books that kept us up at night. A great series of books that will have you thinking, okay? And I'm going to read through this. We are quickly running out of time this hour, so I better jump on it. One of these books, Dead Astronauts, Jeff Vandermeer, is one of the books that will keep you up at night. That came out in December of 2019, by the way. Next book up from Kirkus Reviews that will keep you up, Amnesty. That's written by Avrind Adiga, a well-crafted tale of entrapment, alert to the risk of exploitation that follows immigrants in a new country, Amnesty. That'll keep you up. Another one that's up, Things in Jars, a novel from Jess Kidd, creepy, violent, and propulsive, a standout gothic mystery, Things in Jars. Taryn Fisher's The Wives, this is a writer to watch, according to KirkusReviews.com, The Wives. From Taryn, that's T-A-R-R-Y-N, Taryn Fisher, a New York Times bestselling author. Up next, another one on the list of books that'll keep you up and going. Holly Jackson's A Good Girl's Guide to Murder, a treat for mystery readers who enjoy being kept in suspense. Lordy, lordy. Kim Liggett's The Gracier, chilling, poignant, haunting, and unfortunately all too timely. That's one of the books that'll eh, keep you up late, according to kirkusreviews.com the hand on the wall from maureen johnson that book came out just january 21st and it's from the truly devious series that book one of the books that'll keep you up and then addie thorley's night spinner night spinner that came out february 11th and that'll keep you up and that's the eight books according to kirkusreviews.com eight books that kept us up at night I guess because they were that great, you just couldn't go to bed. You were sitting there turning those pages. Well, I'll tell you what. There's another book that'll keep you up, and it'll get get, get those tape pages a-turning, and your sleep time will be reduced because it's a good one. Trump's turn winning the new Civil War. That's the book. Ed Brodo is the author, and Ed Brodo is going to be on with me next as we have our author interview with this great author. That's up next on the show that's all about the South, y'all. Deep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. 
Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. And this is the All Show. I'm John Rawl. Welcome into the All Southern Program, where we get a chance from time to time to talk a little books, and that's what we're going to do now as part of our Buy the Book feature. And we've got something political in mind on today's book feature as we begin a new hour. We have the author of Trump's Turn winning the new Civil War. And this author, talk about a Renaissance man. We're talking a Marine, an actor, a guy that goes around speaking all the time. And, oh, yes, by the way, he can write a book. Ed Brodo is our very special guest. Welcome into the Y'all Show, Ed. Thank you, John. Well, tell us a little bit more about your colorful background, because not often do we get a chance to talk to people who've actually acted in TV series and movies. So tell us where we can find you if we have Netflix. Uh, well, there is one movie floating around called Fire on the Mountain. Okay. Uh, which was a uh, made-for-TV movie uh, with uh, Ron Howard and Buddy Epson, and I was the villain. <laughs> Did that come hard for you? No, it came pretty naturally, actually. Really? Okay. Those, those are the fun parts to play. Okay. And I think you've been in other films throughout the years and other TV series. I saw that you were in something called Wanted, Dead or Alive. I had a small part in that, yes, yes. And then you were in something called Alligator, where you had a role called Alligator, Ross? yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sure all blockbuster movies at the time, but a good. how did you get involved with, with acting? Well, I was a, a sales manager for a computer company, and I just got really tired of the corporate world. And one day I walked out and signed up for an acting class in New York, and one thing led to another. Huh? All right. Well, one of the other titles, and people can see it if they're watching the Y'all Show TV edition, we've got you listed as a negotiation expert. What in the world is that? Uh, that is somebody who specializes in the art of negotiation, which I've done for 33 years. I uh, conduct seminars, give speeches, write books, and uh, negotiation is uh, is my specialty. But in the last few years, I've, I've branched off uh, as a political commentator. And all of that happened in 2008 when uh, a bunch of people I knew discovered that I wasn't going to vote for Obama. They called me a racist. Ah. And that got me so upset that uh, I started writing political books. Well, I think that was a pretty good decision. Now, you're a negotiation expert, and our current president, his background was supposed to be the great negotiator. So you've got a book called Trump's Turn. Have you actually worked with President Trump in the past? No, I have not. Okay. I actually never liked him uh, <laughs> until the first Republican debate prior to the election. Only Nancy and I changed O'Donnell. my mind completely. What's that? Only Nancy. I'm sorry. Only Rosie O'Donnell. I'm sorry. I'm getting yeah. <laughs> No, I, I changed my mind completely. I, I have become a, a big supporter of Trump. 
I, I think the man is a genius, frankly. I have tremendous respect for his judgment, uh, not just as a negotiator, but as a chief executive and a, and a diplomat. I think he has uh, turned this country around after a lot of destructive things that were done by Obama, and uh, Trump has turned the whole thing around, and we're on the right path right now. But the problem, as I point out in my book, Trump's Turn, is that we are really in a civil war. Uh, the country is split. You have one group of people that, that believe in the Constitution and the rule of law, and they're called conservatives. And then you have another group of people that uh, are called liberals or progressive liberals, and they want to impose socialism on this country. And they want to have more government control, less individual freedom. So it's, it's a very stark choice that we have. Either, you know, less government and more freedom, or more or bigger government and, and less freedom. Uh, for my part, I'm a conservative, and I, I believe in, in the Constitution. I believe in the Bill of Rights, and uh, I'm, I'm standing behind Trump. Well, he's, I'm sure, glad for the support, and he really needs your support because I think you live in California. So if, if you can get a California red in November, you'll be doing something extra special. We're talking with Ed Brodo. He's the author of the new book, Trump's Turn, Winning the New Civil War. He's a writer, negotiation expert, actor, and more. And he's taking time right here on today's Y'all Show to help talk about his new book. And you should check it out. As he said, he didn't like the guy, and he saw what he did in that first debate. And going back to 2016, Ed, it was quite a feat for him, a guy with no political experience, to just blast away 17 opponents in the Republican primary and then go against the Clinton machine. I agree with you. It was amazing. I, I was blown away when he did that. And I must say that after I watched him in the debates, I predicted that he was going to win. And, and most of the people I, I knew, I, I knew at the time, thought I was crazy. But I stuck by my guns. I said he was going to win, and he did. <laughs> uh, he had a message that the country needed to hear. Yeah. Well, that message for many still ringing true as he just went to India this week and had a big appearance there at a cricket stadium. And he'll be in Charleston, South Carolina on Friday with a big rally there as he's gearing up. But one thing with your book, I know you want to talk about the other side, too. So with the rise of Bernie Sanders here in the last couple of weeks and the presumptive nominee, you could say, with Bernie Sanders, I don't see how he doesn't get the nomination at this point, just based on the fact that if he doesn't get it, there's going to be a civil war in the Democratic Party because the Bernie Bernie bros are going to go nuts. Well, they, they need a civil war because the Democratic Party has gone off the rails. Yeah. I mean, for the, for the Democratic Party to have someone like Bernie Sanders as, as their candidate, that's ridiculous. The man's policies are ridiculous. He wants to give everything away. It's going to cost $60 trillion or more. He has no idea where the money is going to come from, has no idea what he's doing. All he knows is that he believes in socialism and communism. He thinks Castro is great. He went to Moscow on his honeymoon. I mean, the man is a lunatic. <laughs> so the Democratic Party really needs to shed this whole image that they're getting right now because it's, it's destroying the party. We're talking with negotiation expert, author, and actor Ed Brodo here on today's 
y'all show and in the past sec chairman harvey pitt has dubbed ed the king of negotiators and as you are writing a book how how much does your negotiation tactics come through in trump's turn ed well i suppose you know a lot of it does um i mean basically what i want to come through is common sense and evidence those are the things that i believe in as a negotiator common sense and evidence and I, I, it seems to me that the conservative side in the Civil War is true to evidence and common sense. And the other side doesn't seem to care about it at all. They, they, they've lost their common sense completely. By the way, I want to, I want to comment on one thing you said. You said that you think that, that, uh, Bernie Sanders is going to be the nominee. I have a different take on this. Okay. I, I think that the Democratic Party is going to get rid of him somehow. They're trying already to get rid of him. Well, that's what I, I said. If they do, if they the do get rid of him, there's going to be a civil war with all the Bernie bros, which I think Trump comes out of this positive either way. Either Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I'm watching what's going on. Uh, they They torpedoed him when he was running against uh, Hillary, if you recall. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to do it again. They already, uh, Bloomberg should not have been in that debate last week. He really didn't qualify because they had a rule that you had to have a certain amount of individual contributions. So what did they do? They went and changed the rule so that Bloomberg could be in the debate. See, they really want him. They really know that, that they, they can't have somebody like Bernie Sanders, who's half out of his mind. They can't have him as their candidate. So I think we're going we're gonna to see some subtle things happening in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm also curious tonight. I want to see how Bloomberg, Bloomberg does tonight in the debate. Yeah, well. Because he was terrible last week. Well, maybe he can buy a few better talking points when he has more of these debates going forward. Ed, we are a show that's all about the South. We're called The Y'all show and you've got a book that uses that word that a lot of us here in the south still have issues with civil war and you're a great negotiator so let's go back in time if ed brodo was around in 1861 how would you have negotiated the north and the south to keep the civil war from happening back then oh you don't ask the easy ones do you no i don't that's why we're the y'all show (laughs) (laughs) well you know i'll tell you if uh if abraham lincoln couldn't figure it out i doubt if i could that was a very very difficult time in our country's history and and people think that you know a civil war has to be a war with armies and people dying but that's not true the kind of civil war we have now is a war of ideologies but it's a war nevertheless and uh it it, you know it's not geographical uh it can happen friend to friend within families uh, I have a friend who is a conservative. His wife is a liberal. They scream and yell at each other all the time. So it's it's a very nasty situation. But I believe that we have to maintain the values of our country. And I'm talking about values like freedom of speech. I'm talking about uh, personal response, taking personal responsibility. Um, all, all of the values that, that we consider uh, American values, meritocracy, as opposed to identity politics. And uh, Obama tried to destroy all those values. And Trump believes in them. I believe in them. You know, I believe that we need free speech. 
I believe that meritocracy, I believe that you should be judged based on how good you are, not based on uh, what ethnic group you belong to or your race or your religion. Uh, these are things that people have fought for to maintain, and now the Democratic Party wants to destroy all of that. So uh, I, am, I am a champion of the, the conservative constitutional republic that we have that has made us the envy of the world. Man, and I'm sure all this is covered in Trump's turn winning the new Civil War. Ed Brodo, our special guest here on today's Y'all Show. I'm John Rawl. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in on this all-Southern program as we feature authors like Ed from time to time giving their perspective on their new books. And again, this book is something you can find at Amazon.com, Trump's Turn. Also, go to his his website is Brodo.com. And by the way, his last name is B-R-O-D-O. O-W. I'm sure you people have pe- people butcher your last name all the time, right, Ed? It's been going on my whole life. <laughs> Brodo. Now, here in the south, especially Louisiana, they like the, the word bro. So, bro, just just think of B-R-O and D-O-W. And like Boudreaux. Like Boudreaux. Yes, yes. Yeah. And we got by Ed- the way, you know where I came up with Trump's turn? No. Tell me. Well, I believe that Obama had eight years to try to turn this country into a leftist country. Now it's Trump's turn. That's where the title comes from. It's Trump's turn to straighten the things out and get us back on track because this is not a leftist country. The majority of people in this country are not leftists. They're not Bernie Sanders. And uh, Trump is Trump is getting it straight. He's getting it. He's doing all the things he promised he would do. And uh, I look forward to another four years. Well, you don't have the luxury of living in the South like we do here, mostly, most of our audience. We may have a couple million listening in California today. What's it like to be a conservative in a place like California? It's not easy. Uh, I can't tell you how many people I know here uh, who I've known for a number of years who don't talk to me anymore. Because they found out I'm a conservative, they won't talk to me. It's ridiculous. Is it because you're Uh, a conservative or you like Trump? What? Is it because you're a conservative or you're a Trump supporter? Both. Okay. Both. All right. I, I just wanted to know the, the the conservatives of the world who may not be the biggest fan of Trump in a place like California, you're still ostracized. Well, there, it's just that there there was it, you know this was a, this was a state that Ronald Reagan came from. Mm-hmm. So things have changed here now, and uh, especially up in the San Francisco area uh, and in Los Angeles and show in Hollywood. Everybody is. Everybody wants to be liberal. They want to show how liberal they are. Uh, that could change. You know, that could change overnight. We don't know. But right now, it is. It is very tough. And I, I kind of feel like my vote is. Uh, I, like I've been disenfranchised because no matter you know, I, I, I can vote for Trump, but it's not likely that my vote is going to count because there, there's such an overwhelming number of, of liberal voters. It's the same in New York. You know, I was sitting in a restaurant two years ago in New York, and uh, a lady sitting next to me, we got into a conversation, and she said, uh, we were talking, somehow the subject of Trump came up, and she said, well, I hope you're not a Trump supporter. And I said, yes, I am. And she gave me a dirty look and wouldn't talk to me. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Ed, I was in Wilmington, North Carolina two years ago, 
And somebody made a smart aleck comment about President Trump, and I didn't even back him that much. I just kind of countered them, and they wanted to whip me right there in the in the Burger King, Wilmington, North Carolina. So I was ready to go. I was ready to put up my dukes. See, there's your civil war. Yeah, right there there's in North Carolina. So I, that, that it, never it, would have it, happened 20 years ago. No. In an election, you know, you have that kind of, that level of animosity. Mm-hmm. And this guy took it very personal, very quick. All I had to say was one thing about President Trump. I might have even said, well, he carried North Carolina. I think that's what I said, as he did in 2016. And this guy immediately said, he called me an a-hole, and he wanted to fight me. And it was right there in the lobby, again, in Wilmington, North Carolina, this fast food restaurant. People were stunned, but nobody did anything. I was hoping the manager would at least say, hey, you got to get out of here, fella. Not, not, of course, to me. And they didn't do a darn thing. I mean, let me throw an idea out for you. In Trump's turn, I talk about what I call the way that the leftist ideology has become a religion. Hmm. You know, it's like a religion. You're not allowed to say anything. You're not allowed to. Uh, it's almost like Islam. You're, you're not allowed to blaspheme. So you're not allowed to criticize Islam. Well, in in liberal circles, you're not allowed to criticize the liberal playbook. And and you ran up against that. It's it has become on on a level of a religion with these people, which is really unfortunate because it's not a religion. It's just politics. Well, you may call it liberal. I thought the guy might have been a little bit off. Uh, maybe his elevator didn't quite go to the top floor. You might say that that's both the case in Trump's turn. I'm not really sure. Ed, thank you for coming on today's y'all show. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and we wish you the best of luck. You can go to Amazon.com and find Trump's turn winning the new civil war. For from author, actor, and negotiation expert, Ed Brodo. Thank you again for your service in the Marine Corps, and we look forward to catching up with you down the road and turn California red here in a couple of months. Semper Fi. <laughs> We've got more of the Y'all Show coming up. It's SEC time. We've got the latest in Southeastern Conference basketball to pass along, and then some of the maneuvers in SEC football. We'll also get together and talk about the defection of a staffer on Nick Saban's Crimson Tide program heading to Athens. Oh, my goodness. What's that all about? All that's coming up as the Y'all Show with John Rawl, the general of all things Southern, as the show continues. My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Happy, happy Eve of Leap Day Eve. I'm John Rawl, and you're back with us, and we appreciate that. This is the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. And we're powered by Y'all.com, the ultimate guide to the South. In this hour of this Thursday, y'all, we've got the SEC Spotlight. That's headed your way in just a few minutes. We'll take a quick look at what's going on with men's basketball. Two more weeks of conference play than the SEC tournament in Nashville coming up in March. We'll have the latest with all the SEC teams where they are in the standings. This is not shaping up to be quite the best year in the SEC, but SEC fans, don't hang your head low. The ACC is even having a worse season than the SEC. There may be more SEC teams getting their ticket punched to March Madness 
than that other team, the rivalry league, the Atlantic Coast Conference here in this part of the south of this part of the country. So we'll have SEC basketball men's and women's stuff point out to you then we'll also share with you in the latter portion of this hour some sec baseball and sec football news all that is part of our sec spotlight which is what we do here on thursdays our number 803-816-1170 that's a number that's absolutely available for you to reach out to us 24 7 call or text 803 816 1170 and let us hear from y'all what's on your mind got a question comment suggestion criticism we'll take it again you can text or call that number anytime you feel like we appreciate you listening and being a part of this all southern experience we begin this hour with a quick look at what we call festive south this is where we have places for you to think about going and we know this coronavirus is hitting our country right now. Hopefully, going to be gone before we know it. But for right now, we got less than a dozen cases in the country. And we know that going outside the country is not a good idea these days. So why don't we just stay here in this country? And why don't we just stay here in this part of our country? Stay in the South. And so as part of Festive South... We give you good suggestions of festivals or places to go here in the South. And let's spend our good old money right here in the CSA, the Country Son of a Gun Alliance, also Confederate States of America, also known as the South. Yes, we, we just want you to stay here and have a good time. Don't don't spend any of those rebel dollars, though. Don't, don't think those things will go over too well in your currency exchange. Now, thanks to y'all.com, there's an article up called The Best Time to Book Travel for 2020. Maybe it's maybe it's right now. In fact, as the article points out, when temperatures are cold and days are dreary, which a lot of you are having that kind of day <laughs> right now, it's hard not to dream about going on a flight to some exotic destination or going to a somewhere, you know, a beach, and having this great hotel right by the beach and, oh, look out that window and see the surf and and then I, mean, I don't know about y'all but it always seemed to me when when i went to the beach in my youth at some point let's say you were there for a couple of days raise your hand if you're guilty of this it was one of the only times as a child that we'd always have at some point that week a blt sandwich for whatever reason that's not something my family had normally back at home but when we went on a beach trip, one of those days when you've been out in the ocean or you've been out to the pool, a BLT is a great thing to have on a, a little beach escapade. It's probably not a good idea if you've got to go out in the woods and stick bacon in a cooler, whether you cook it or not, maybe at a campfire. But bacon's one of those meats, obviously, you can cook in the in the microwave. And I remember, I guess, when you go on a a beach stay a lot of times you're in a hotel and most hotels have microwaves right and so you can go to your local grocery store there at the beach get a package of bacon a tomato and a lettuce and of course if it's summertime you ought to have a darn good tomato or, or i like to pronounce it with a d a tomato <laughs> and and that that's the right of summertime right there a, a summertime tomato bacon and some good lettuce and good bread and that 
that's that's some good eating right there and the blt of course is good cold or hot so sorry for the brief brief reminder for some of you about blt sandwiches when you're at the beach and i'm no i'm not the only one that has done that thing that that's a great great tradition and if you haven't done that you should try it blts are good too remember if you're old enough like i am you grew up pre-subway okay now if you want a blt these days and you don't want to go home and fire up the grill or your stove or your microwave even these places called subway have a pretty good little subway subway's got a pretty good little blt sandwich now it's going to cost you about six bucks but it's good and you can put all kind of fun stuff on there if you'd like besides bacon so that that again was not an option back in the uh, 1980s when we were at the beach the subways of the world did not exist so with all that in mind getting back to our article here the best time to book and travel for the summertime or whenever okay so you might need to fly somewhere the best month to book overall flights if you're looking to book a spontaneous trip overseas this is the month as you is february is one of the least expensive months to book a flight overseas 698 dollars on average and if you need more time to plan that european getaway then set your calendars for august when prices for international flights are a little bit more 716 dollars so international flights and right now with this coronavirus thing it might even be a lot cheaper but $700, I don't know if that's round trip or not. I know I flew to Germany. It's been many years now, but I was surprised based on, again, when you actually travel, it was cheaper for me to fly from, where did I leave out of? I guess I didn't start there, but I know I departed from Atlanta, like just about everybody does if you're on Delta Airlines. And Atlanta georgia usa flight to frankfurt germany was cheaper than me flying from atlanta georgia usa to los angeles california usa now go figure that one out you can't that was many years ago and i i I probably would guess it's probably the same old philosophy on the pricing so good news february that's where we are right now go check out if you're wanting to go abroad in the summertime some other time right now is a great time for you to consider buying your ticket less than 700 dollars on average for a trip overseas airfare right now the best month to book the most popular routes though if you want to go to let's say london or paris august is the month to book those it's about 600 dollars an average flight price for london 501 flight to paris that is good news to know if you want to go to those big cities the best day of the week to book that also is a pretty good thing to know and it's pretty obvious according to the website when you're traveling with or without a passport the best day to book your travel is saturday there you have it we're giving you all kinds of great advice here on the yasha and how far in advance to book your flight no surprise the data has stayed pretty consistent over the years. The optimal booking window is two to three weeks out for domestic flights. Now, I still don't know the best time to book a domestic flight to save money. Okay, two to three weeks out, yes. But is I guess if you wanted to book five months in advance for a domestic flight, it looks like that's not going to make a big difference. As long as you're 
two to three weeks out, those are the best times to book in advance for a domestic flight. The best month to fly, according to this, is September. It's the best value. You don't want to fly in July as domestic flights are at their most expensive. That's good to know. The best month to fly to the most popular destinations, that seems to be the months of September, October, November, as the best travel deals are available that time of year. Now, let's go from flights to hotels. All this, again, at the website, y'all.com. The best time to book and travel here in 2020. The best month to book a hotel is September. And I've done the September hotel stay, and it was rather cheap, at least where I've been. Savings of 6% compared to the average price for the year. Don't go in October. This is the most expensive time to book a hotel in America. October. Weird that September is the cheapest and October is the most expensive. The best month to stay at a hotel. That was booking. What about when you actually go to a hotel? March is the time to enjoy a hotel in the U.S. If you're looking to explore a new country, September is the month to stay abroad in a hotel. The most popular month to book is May. The most popular month to stay, well, that's the summer. Summer is always crowded, as you would expect. So that good news to know there at y'all.com. When to book to get the most value during the popular months, domestic travelers who are looking for the best time to book their August hotels should consider booking 16 weeks out for 31% in savings when compared to the average price. All this and more is found at y'all.com. The article, again, it's called Best Time to Book Travel for 2020. It's in the travel tab. If you see the y'all.com website, look up there at the top with all the different clicks. You've got the food and drink option, the home and garden, arts and culture, and there's the travel option. If you click on that, you'll see this article that just got posted this last 24 hours or so. Best time to book travel for 2020 and very informative and we want to help you save some money, and you can do just that if you go to y'all.com and check out that article. Now, if you want to save money on a hotel room and save money maybe on a flight, if you have to fly to one of these festivals, we've got some great options for you if you like strawberries. Yes, here in the South, we've got some awesome strawberry festivals. Some of them are coming up soon. Some of them are a little bit later in the year. But let me run down the list of the 2020 southern strawberry festivals yum 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 and by the way have you been to the grocery store lately yes some delicious southern grown strawberries are now available as most strawberries prior to this month all come from south of the border but right now we've got some good florida i know there's some south carolina strawberries that are available right now for picking and some of our other southern states have them and in celebration of strawberries, we've got these strawberry festivals. And we'll start out with the one that's coming up the soonest. Plant City, Florida. It's the Florida Strawberry Festival. And this takes place this weekend. And it lasts until March 8th from, let's see, today. It starts today. From today till March 8th in Plant City, the earliest of the strawberry festivals. Plant City is located between Tampa and Lakeland. And this is all in West Central Florida, as the Florida Strawberry Festival is an event very unique that offers everything imaginable, fresh strawberries, all kinds of newly created foods, great entertainment, including music. Who did I see who's going to be playing at this thing? I saw somebody I follow on uh, social media is going to be here this weekend at the Florida Strawberry Festival. 
agriculture exhibits, rides, artwork, and more, all as part of the Florida Strawberry Festival. And that's taking place again February 27th. That's today, in case you haven't looked at the calendar, all the way up till March 8th. Ought to be a great time in Plant City. The next event after that is the South Carolina Strawberry Festivals. Yeah, you heard me right. Festivals, plural, because there's more than one of these bad boys going on in the state of South Carolina. So first off, you've got the Low Country Strawberry Festival. That's April 25th through the 28th at Boone Hall Plantation in Mount Pleasant. Boone Hall Plantation. It's a wonderful place there just off of US 17, Savannah. No, 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 no. No, is it Savannah Highway? It's Savannah Highway south of Charleston. It is, I guess it's just US 17. It's the highway going up to Myrtle Beach in Georgetown. Maybe it's called Georgetown Highway. US 17 is what it is. Boone Hall Plantation right there. The scene of movies and TV series. In fact, the epic uh, uh, queen. If y'all remember that miniseries that a young actress, it was sort of her debut role there in that role of queen that was a CBS miniseries back in the day, Halle Berry. This was her sort of unveiling as an actress, and that was filmed there at Boone Hall Plantation, as was North and South, the Patrick Swayze miniseries. They like some miniseries there at Boone Hall. They don't have too many of those miniseries these days filmed there, but they got the Strawberry Festival there at Boone Hall, and that's coming up again in late April. Also, you have in that same time frame going on in Aiken, the Mead Hall Strawberry Festival in Aiken, South Carolina. And then you also have, not far from Aiken, the North Augusta Our Lady of Peace Catholic School Strawberry Festival. That's going to be coming up in that same time period, the last Saturday in April. And then in early May, you got the Slater Strawberry Festival, and that's taking place in a town I've never heard of, Slater, South Carolina. That's got to be in the upstate because it's got an 864 area code. Slater SC is where that is. And then it's the official South Carolina Strawberry Festival. I know where this town is. This one's in early May. April 26th through May 4th is the South Carolina Strawberry Festival in Fort Mill, South Carolina. That is right right south of Carowinds, right there by Charlotte, North Carolina. It's where you'll find Fort Mill SC, the South Carolina Strawberry Festival. So those are your strawberry festivals in one state alone, the sovereign state of South Carolina. In Reynolds, Georgia, April 25th, it's the Georgia Strawberry Festival. In Cabot, Arkansas, April 26th through the 27th, it's the 15-year-old festival there for Central Arkansas, the Cabot Strawberry Festival. North Carolina's got the North Carolina Strawberry Festival taking place late April through early May. A lot of these festivals are the same weekend in all these different states. So if you love strawberries a whole lot, you got a real big decision to make come late April, which uh, which one of these you're going to be taking in. Or maybe you've got the Strawberry Festival jet fueled up and you can go bounce around a bunch of these. The North Carolina Strawberry Festival in Chadburn is that last April weekend, early May in Chadburn, North Carolina, known as the Strawberry Capital of the world okay texas getting a little jealous here and april 3rd through the 5th in in poteet texas it's the 73rd annual poteet strawberry festival the festival has 14 areas of continuous entertainment and featuring concerts with a bunch of country music and tejano stars coming in rodeo performances and more something for the whole family at the poteet texas strawberry festival there early april 
Stillwater, Oklahoma. Not only is it the home of the Oklahoma State University Cowboys, but come May 9th, it's the 73rd annual Stillwater Strawberry Festival. That ought to be a darn good time there in Garth Brooks' old college town of Stillwater, Oklahoma. And then finally, got to make sure we mention this one too. In Humboldt, Tennessee, each year they have the Humboldt West Tennessee Strawberry Festival and it's a wonderful event each year. StrawberryFestivalTN.com is the website. 75,000 people come into Humboldt there in Gibson County, West Tennessee. This year, the 83rd annual West Tennessee Strawberry Festival is that same time period, May 3rd through May 9th, an 82-year-old tradition in T.G. Shepard's hometown of Humboldt, Tennessee, the West Tennessee Strawberry Festival and those are just some of the many strawberry opportunities for you. Get your strawberry on and check out these great festivals across the Southland. Mmm, love me some strawberries, don't y'all? Is there nothing better than a delicious strawberry cake, delicious strawberry, home homemade? None of these festivals promise me that I'm going to get real homemade strawberry ice cream if I go to them. I'm sure they all do, but it wasn't promoted on their on their literature that I'm looking at here. But I want me some homemade strawberry ice cream and i bet you you do too and you can get that we hope fingers crossed from poteet texas to places like fort mill south carolina humboldt in west tennessee and places like plant city florida too yum e we strawberries one of the best creations ever who who doesn't like a good strawberry Ooh, they just look pretty they taste pretty and you can put them in the freezer if you if you need to save them for a while and they're healthy for you i mean i need to be the spokesperson for strawberries it sounds like yes strawberries we celebrate them big time here in the south and we're proud to tell you all this on the y'all show about our different strawberry festivals coming back on the y'all show we're going to go from talking strawberries and how to book your best travel to the world of the sec our sec spotlights coming up next and we're going to take a quick look at what's going on with sec basketball some games going on wednesday night that we'll give you that also the breakdown of what's on the schedule here in the next to last week of conference play this is the last week for the ladies of the sec and dawn staley south carolina gamecocks well they're just marching their way to greenville side of the sec women's basketball tournament and they ought to be in great shape as they're the number one team in the country right now the lady gamecocks looking for their second national championship here this year and that might be what happens there if luck goes their way in the postseason in addition to talking about women's basketball we'll switch over from the hard court to talk about the gridiron we've got some football news some tim tebow news also go gators also we've got the latest with college baseball the sec's got a busy weekend here the third weekend of college baseball we'll share the breakdown of all the games going on this weekend right here all that's coming your way as part of our sec spotlight of the y'all show Keeps coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you. And I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. 
Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Razorbacks, this is the Y'all Show. We're back. Hog fans rejoice. Big win. Arkansas won on Wednesday night at home against the Tennessee Vols, 86-69. John Rawl back with you here on the Y'all Show Thursday edition. This is our SEC Spotlight, and we'll talk a little SEC basketball. We've got baseball and football news from the Southeastern Conference that we'll get to momentarily. But up first, what's going on on the hard court? Yes, the Hogs picking up their 18th win of the year with that 17-point win over the Vols. Tennessee right now struggling. I'm not sure Rick Barnes' team's going to have a chance to go to March Madness. This has been a very good program. They had a lot of key players that did not come back this year, primarily due to seniors. They were seniors in the 2018-19 season. And Tennessee looks to be marching right to the NIT if they're lucky. But Arkansas wins at home again on Wednesday night. Other SEC games from Wednesday night. Missouri went to Vanderbilt and won against the hapless Vanderbilt Commodores. Vanderbilt right now 9-18 and on the season. Mizzou improves with the win to 13-14. and Still a rough season in Como. But the Mizzou Tigers with that win there at Vanderbilt at the Memorial Gym there on the Vanderbilt campus. An overtime win for Frank Martin's ball club. The Gamecocks get their second win of the year against the Georgia Bulldogs, winning 94-90 over Coach Creams. The Georgia Bulldogs and Georgia right now sitting at 14-14. The Gamecocks with a win improved to 17-11. and If they can keep winning, they've got a very small chance of making March Madness, but it's a very, very tough climb for them. Malik Kotsar with a 19-point game there for the Gamecocks. He doesn't often lead USC in points, but he did that in that win against UGA 
on Wednesday. And then finally, Michael White's Florida Gators. They had a home game there at Exact Tech, and they were able to defeat LSU 81-66. LSU still not quite to 20 wins on the season. The UF Gators improved to 18-10 and with the victory on Wednesday evening. And then coming up on Saturday in SEC play, to go ahead and schedule out your day if you've got big plans you might want to be glued to the boob tube because there's a busy day of sec basketball texas a&m is going to be at the pmac taking on the lsu tigers that's an early game on espn2 it tips off at 12 noon 11 o'clock baton rouge time vanderbilt goes for a rare win on the road they'll be at the pavilion on the campus of the university of mississippi where the land sharks and the commodores have a game set for one o'clock eastern 12 noon on the sec network thompson bowling's got tennessee and florida for a match there and that's going to be a two o'clock knoxville time tip on espn2 Mississippi State goes on the road to Mizzou Arena. Missouri hosts the Dogs. This is an SEC Network game set for 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Como time. Auburn and Kentucky have a top 15 matchup at Rupp Arena. Auburn comes in with 24 wins on the season, ranked number 15 in the country. Kentucky is at number 8 this week in the polls. UK 23-5. and Both of these teams certainly in great shape from a March Madness standpoint. But ought to be a darn good game there. Remember, Auburn beat Kentucky a couple weeks ago. This is your CBS mid-afternoon game, 345 Eastern, 245 Central. Again, from Rupp, Auburn, and Kentucky. Arkansas is going to be all the way in Georgia for an SEC Network game from Stegman Coliseum. This is a 6 Eastern, 5 o'clock Central tip on the SEC Network. And the nightcap of Saturday, the Gamecocks will be at Coleman Coliseum, where Alabama, which sits at 15 wins on the season, hosts Frank Barton's ball club, the SEC Network, the home of this one. 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 T-Town time tip there between the Gamecocks and the Crimson Tide. And Frank Martin's club needs to beefen up its resume if they think they can get that very, very unlikely but still possible bid to March Madness. Looking at the latest standings of the SEC, as we mentioned, Kentucky right now in the top 10 with a 13-2 and conference record, ranked number 8 in the country. The Auburn Tigers are just behind them. Auburn with a 11-4 conference mark, ranked number 15 in the land. Great job there. Bruce Pearl with a team that, again, was in the Final Four of 2019, and they're marching their way at least back to the postseason. And if things go the way of Bruce Pearl, they just could be back in the Final Four again. This is a very good ball club, and this ought to be a great game against Saturday between Auburn and UK, the leaders of the entire SEC. LSU's got a 10-5 and record, and just at the same mark there with the LSU Tigers, the Florida Gators have that same mark in conference play. Mississippi State, hey, they could they could get their punch ticket punch as Coach Howland's Bulldogs nine and six right now in conference play. That's also the conference record of Frank Martin's battling roosters from Columbia, South Carolina. Texas A and M, they are at eight and seven, fourteen and thirteen here this year. The first season under Buzz was it Buzz Williams, the coach, the guy that was at Virginia Tech and a Texas A and M alum. He goes back to College Station and has done a ho-hum job in year one with the Ags. The Tennessee Vols and Alabama both have seven and eight conference records. Arkansas and Missouri have six and nine SEC marks. Then it gets ugly. The Georgia Bulldogs are at four and 11. The Mississippi Landsharks, four and 11. And those Vanderbilt Commodores still with only one conference win all year long. Vanderbilt is one and 14 in conference play. 
And if you thought that number's bad, good news, Vanderbilt, there's a team in Oxford, Mississippi that plays on the women's side of the SEC that's got a record worse than 1-14. and I'll tell you about them in, in a handful of seconds. Let's talk about that bracket. Let's talk about who's going to get invited to have a bracket here in a couple of weeks when March Madness begins. Looking at the latest ESPN projections from Joe Lenardi, Mr. Bracketologist, he's currently got about, let's see, SEC about four teams that he's got selected as participants in March Madness. His conference with the most appearances, the conference with the most participants, the Big Ten, he's got 10 teams from that conference alone. Big East, 7. Pac-12, 5. Big 12, 5. ACC, 5. SEC, 4. Joe Lenardi. Take your frustration up with him, okay? He's got Florida. He's got Auburn. He's got Kentucky. And his last SEC team he's got in there is LSU. Those are his four in. Now, Joe Lenardi, who who does he got out or on the bubble? Okay, on the bubble, no SEC teams. He doesn't have a single one of those. He does have Indiana, the Musketeers of Xavier, Wichita State, Utah State on the last four buys. Okay, the last four in, no SEC teams here. He's got Oklahoma, USC, Providence, and the NC State Wolfpack. First four out. He's got an SEC team here. He's got Mississippi State in the first four out, alongside the Spiders of Richmond, the Cardinal of Stanford, and UCLA's Bruins. Those are the first four out, according to Joe Lenardi. And then the next four out, he's got two SEC teams here, alongside Memphis and Georgetown. He also has the Crimson Tide of Alabama and the South Carolina Gamecocks. So according to this so-called expert with ESPN, Mr. Bracketology, Joe Lenardi. He's only got four teams in the SEC thus far in the big dance. And the SEC hoping to have more than four teams. Remember, this is a conference last year that had a team in the Final Four. Tennessee's been very good in recent years. They're not so good this year. And Kentucky, a, a, a blue blood, literally, of college basketball. So, Joe, come on now. From an SEC's perspective, you, you got to lighten up. And since we're all about the South here, come on, we don't need no, we don't need no ten Big Ten teams in the darn big, uh, the Big Ten tournament, aka March Madness. Let's take a few away from the Big Ten, give the ACC a little love, maybe throw out a little love to the American Conference. He's got three teams in that conference right now in the bracketology: Cincinnati, Houston, and. I don't know who his other AAC team is. It might be UCF. I think UCF's had a pretty good year. I, th- I think. I think there. But yes, that's this is again, according to ESPN's Joe Lenardi, his bracketology. Let's move over to the ladies of the SEC. This is the final week of conference play. Then they head off to the conference tournament. More on that in just a handful of moments. Right now, let's look at the latest standings of the SEC and those Gamecocks of South Carolina. Dawn Staley's club ranked number one in the country, and they sit at a perfect 14-0, and 27-1, the overall record. This may be the best year she's had coaching the Garnet and Black. 14-0. and 0. I'm going to tell you who they have left on their schedule and also their one loss on the year. Let me tell you that after I tell you about the rest of the standings of the SEC women. The Mississippi State Bulldogs there, Coach Vic Schaefer, 
He's got his team at 11-3, and a team that played for back-to-back national championships and lost both of those national championship games. They're, they're marching their way right back, perhaps, to another Final Four. The Dogs ranked number 10 in the land, 11-3 and conference play, 23-5 and there at the hump in Stark Vegas. The Aggies of Texas A&M, a great job there on the hard court. The Ags ranked number 12 in the country. They're 10-4 and in SEC play, 22 wins overall there in College Station. Great comeback story in Fayetteville. The Razorbacks of Arkansas are at 9-5, and 21-6 overall. Great job there. This is a program that's been kind of bad in recent years, but I think it was Arkansas last year that might have even played for the SEC championship and lost to Mississippi State there in Greenville. Kentucky, Matthew Mitchell's team's ranked number 15 in the land, and they are at 9-5 and in conference play. The LSU Lady Tigers are 8-6. The Tennessee Lady Vols with their new coach, 8-6, 18-9 overall. Is Tennessee going to get their March Madness ticket punch? Looking likely if they can win one or two more games, they ought to be in good shape to get a, a large berth there. The Alabama Crimson Tide, 6-8, 16-11 overall. Georgia's Lady Bulldogs, also 6-8. That's also the record of conference play for the Florida Gators. The Missouri Tigers, 5-9 and nine in conference play. The Vanderbilt Commodores, rough season in Nashville. The women's team is at 3-11. and 11. We already told you the men's team at Vanderbilt University is 1-15, and 15, I think is what I said a minute ago. Basketball, which should be a strength at Vanderbilt right now. It's pretty embarrassing what's going on in West End. The Auburn Tigers are 3-11 and 11 in conference play. And then... The fighting fake fish of the University of Mississippi. They are 0-14 in SEC women's basketball. 0-14, 7-20 overall. They haven't won a game, I don't think, in the entire year of 2020. Not a good deal for the Bahamian that's the head coach there of the Mississippi Landsharks. Now back to South Carolina. Let's not talk about the bad. Let's talk about the good. You take the good, you take the bad. We're going to talk about the good. The women's team at the University of South Carolina, they have not lost since they played the Indiana Hoosiers. For some reason, they lost to the Hoosiers by 14 points when they played early in the season. 71-57, IU won that game. Indiana was number 17 in the country when these two got together, I think in Columbia. And the Gamecocks have not lost since that time. Now, what does Dawn Staley's have, her team, what do they have in front of them to close out the 2020 campaign? SEC play. They got a game at Florida, and that game is this evening. Starts at 6 Eastern, 5 Central. That could be a trap game. Then they've got one last home game, and that will be Sunday. And the Gamecocks will be back at Colonial Life Arena in Columbia, the Fighting Roosters have Texas A&M. Texas A&M ranked number 12 in the country. This is a 12 noon 11 central game televised. Check it out. Ought to be a darn good game. And if USC wins both of these games this week against the Gators and the Aggies, they'll wrap up the SEC schedule perfect. And a wonderful season thus far for Don Staley's team. Again, sitting right now currently 27-1, 14-0 SEC play and the number one team in the country. And they They've just got a lot going for them. They they are a darn good, well balanced basketball team. And now the good news, even the good news continues for the Gamecocks. So next week, it's the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament taking place March fourth through the eighth, and it's going to be back in Greenville, South Carolina, 
at the Bon Secours Wellness Center. This is where it was held last year. In fact, next year, the SEC Women's Tournament will also be there in Greenville. It will be in Nashville in 2022. But this year and next year, Greenville SC, home of the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament, they must be doing a darn good job there at that 15,000-seat arena. I just saw the other day the arena hosted the Furman Paladins and the Walford Terriers. Great crowd on hand there for that Southern Conference battle of men's basketball teams. And if they pulled in a couple thousand like they did for that one, I'm sure they'll have a great attendance there for the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament, especially knowing the home state team, the flagship university of the Palmetto State, comes in ranked number one in the country and a chance to win the SEC Tournament. And that is great news, Gamecock fans. By the way, if you want tickets for that, you can go to the SEC website for that. The first round begins twelve, rather 11 Eastern on Wednesday. That would be the Sharks for sure. The Sharks will be playing in that first round, that early game, I'm sure, since they haven't won a single SEC game all year. And that wraps up our basketball discussion here on the Y'all Show today. Hey, we've got more SEC talk coming your way. Hang on. After the break, we're going to take a quick look at some football news. We'll talk about that defection in college football as one assistant from the capstone in Tuscaloosa is Classic City Bound. We'll let you know about that. Plus, a new bowl game is headed our way in the future, and it's going to be a great venue for this new bowl. We'll tell you where that is, more about that, and a quick look at some college baseball notes. All that in the final segment of this Thursday Y'all Show, and all that's coming up next. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Final segment of the Thursday Y'all Show. Back with you. Our SEC spotlight continues. Some news out of Athens and the Georgia Bulldogs. This is not good news, Georgia fans. Defensive lineman Devontae Wyatt was arrested late Tuesday night on a misdemeanor charge of family violence criminal trespass. The senior from Decatur, Georgia, was still being held at the athens Clark County Jail on Wednesday. Bond set at $1,500. According to the UGA Police Department, Incident report obtained by ESPN, a person called 911 on Friday and told police that a man and woman were arguing outside a dormitory. And according to the report, 
During the argument, the woman left Wyatt's room in Vanderbilt Hall and returned her to her dorm in McWhorter Hall. Wyatt followed behind and kicked her exterior apartment door multiple times from the hallway, damaging the door and forcing it open. The report says that neither party indicated they were in fear for their safety. But regardless, a misdemeanor charge of criminal trespass for Georgia Bulldog defensive lineman Devontae Wyatt. More on that developing story to come. Now, better news coming out of Athens. A real coup here for Kirby Smart this week as UGA hired longtime Alabama Crimson Tide strength coach Scott Cochran to be the special teams coordinator for the Georgia Bulldogs. So this guy is leaving his role as the jumping jack fellow you see there on the sideline late in the Alabama Crimson Tide game. He's a strength coach, kind of meaty, meathead-looking guy there. And now he wants to be a coach. And so to get away from the strength and conditioning background, he's got this opportunity for the dogs to go there and be a special teams coordinator. That's the reason for that. He makes, by the way, at Athens, or rather at Tuscaloosa, he was making almost $600,000 a year, one of the highest marks in the country for support staff members. And now he's going to maybe get that same amount, maybe a little less, frankly, to go to Athens and be the special teams coordinator for Kirby Smart. Bold move for Scott Cochran. I think he wants to actually be a coach one day, and you don't get to go from strength coach to head coach usually. And so good, good, bold decision. We like bold decisions. Speaking of moves within a football program, former LSU running back Kevin Falk is going to be the Bayou Bengals running backs coach as he's being promoted. Falk, an All-American running back for the Tigers who played 13 seasons for the New England Patriots. He had been serving as LSU's director of player development since 2018, and he's going to be this new running backs coach replacing Tommy Robinson, who left for a similar role at Texas A&M. So good job, Kevin Falk, for being part of the program he won three super bowl rings with the new england patriots and he finished his pro career with almost 3700 yards rushing and a tremendous offensive weapon for both lsu and the pats and now he's going to be lsu's running backs coach congratulations kevin falk former florida gator tim tebow this is more of a baseball story but he's going to be playing for the philippines in the world baseball classic qualifiers remember tim tebow actually was born in the Philippines in 1987. His parents were missionaries there, and they moved to Florida when he was three years old. So he's a Filipino-American, Tim Tebow, and he's actually just got married to a South African. So a very international flair for the Tebow family, of course. Tim Tebow has been suiting up with the New York Mets in their minor league system, and hopefully he's going to get his chance maybe this year to to make it into a big-time Major League game. Now, this week he's already hit a home run in the spring training game. He did that against the Detroit Tigers as he's been with the Mets for about four years now. We wish him all the best, Tim Tebow, and his opportunity to be in the World Baseball Classic. Assuming this is going to be held with all this coronavirus going on, that might just get postponed. No telling. A former athletic director for the Missouri Tigers has passed away at the age of 90, Dick Tambaro. Now, Dick, an athletic director not only at Mizzou, but at his alma mater, Michigan State. He died this week, and he was a guy who had been a player for the Michigan State Spartans and a longtime person in the college atmosphere. Also an AD at Texas Tech and Arizona State, inducted to the National Association of Collegiate Directors of Athletics back in 2006. He had been an assistant coach way back in the day at Arizona State and Iowa, 
and also at the United States Military Academy. Again, a one-time athletic director at Mizzou, Dick Tamboro dying at the age of 90. A new college football bowl is headed our way in 2020. A big move for this to happen this coming year, but indeed, that's what's going to happen. There'll be a new L.A. Bowl. Yes, L.A. is in Los Angeles. It was announced on Wednesday. This will pit the Mountain West number one team against the Pac-12's number five team. The game will be held at SoFi Stadium, the new 70,000-seat home of both the Chargers and the L.A. Rams, and a bowl game headed there called the L.A. Bowl in 2020. Be exciting to see that. The bowl is going to be there at SoFi for five years. It's locked in there, and that ought to be fun. Now, will the SEC have a chance to play in that stadium? You betcha. In fact, I think the national championship, the what are they, CFP national championship game, is scheduled to be there, I think. I think I'm right on this in about two or three years. Now to college baseball, the latest top 25, SEC speaking. The Florida Gators have moved up to number one after their sweep in Miami last week. Vanderbilt has moved up to number two after a disappointing first weekend. The Vandy boys checking in at number two. Good job there, Tim Corbin. Other SEC teams in the top 25, the Georgia Bulldogs are at number four. Arkansas, Dave Van Horn's team at number six in the latest poll. Chris Lamonis' Mississippi State Bulldogs are at number eight. The LSU Tigers at 11 this week. The Mississippi Landsharks move up to number 15 after their sweep of Xavier last weekend. They'll be on the road in Greenville, North Carolina this weekend for a series against several teams there at ECU. Also in the SEC, the Texas A&M Aggies check in at number 18 in the latest D1 baseball poll. Auburn's at number 20. And Tennessee, a surprise, as Matt Herman told us on Tuesday, Tennessee went all the way to Round Rock last weekend and defeated Texas Tech and Stanford, and one other good team, too. Tennessee right now undefeated, having a great season on Rocky Top. Tennessee checks in at number 24 in the latest D1 baseball poll. What's on the mound here this weekend for SEC teams? Missouri and Oklahoma get together in Houston, Texas. UNC Wilmington and Kentucky get together. The the Deep South, no, it's not Deep South. It's the clean, old-fashioned, hate baseball style. Georgia and Georgia Tech get together this weekend. The Palmetto State rivalry is this weekend. Columbia, South Carolina is one of the places you'll see Clemson and South Carolina having their annual three-game series. Wright State and Auburn get together. Harvard, Harvard and Alabama on the diamond this weekend. The Rainbow Warriors of Hawaii will be playing number two Vanderbilt. Baylor will be taking on LSU in that same tournament going on in Houston, Texas. George Washington and those Tennessee Vols get together this weekend. The Troy Trojans and Florida have a series. The Mississippi Landsharks play ECU, amongst other teams, in Greenville, North Carolina at the Keith LeClaire Classic this weekend. Mississippi State and the Dirt Bags of Long Beach State have a series. Texas A&M and UCLA will be playing in Frisco, Texas. And those Texas Longhorns and their old Southwest Conference rival Arkansas get together at that same Houston, Texas tournament there, the Shriners Hospital for Children College Classic. All that is part of the fun of college baseball week three going on this weekend. And those are your SEC teams playing this weekend. Well, thank you for listening to Y'all Show. That puts an end to our show today. When we come back with you on Friday, it's our end of the week spectacular. We'll have a lot of fun talking about what's going on in the South. Plus, we'll have our Friday free for y'all and a look at the new movies. All that's coming your way on the Friday end of the week celebration of the Y'all Show. Until that time, have a great day, y'all. Keeps coming. You know what to do. 
Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you. And I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless. Dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.